Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 297. Good morning from the Augusta National Golf Club Media Center. Early morning here in Augusta as we prepare for round two. With the rain in the forecast, the tee times have been moved up to 7.30 a.m. and play is now underway here at the Masters. As many of you know, there is a three-way tie for the lead at minus seven. Hovland, Kepka, and Rahm all shot 65 yesterday in hot and humid conditions. Leading the amateurs is the U.S. amateur champion Sam Bennett. What did he do yesterday? Well, how about a bogey-free 68? under the watchful eye of the defending Masters champion, Scotty Scheffler. Many of the amateurs struggled yesterday, including NCAA individual champion, Gordon Sargent. Earlier in the week, I stopped by Gordon's house for a quick chat about the Masters, how he prepared for the tournament, and the expectations resting on his shoulders. That comes with the territory when you're the number one ranked amateur in the world. Before jumping into this episode, don't forget to check out thebackoftherange.com. You'll get the link to all of our social media channels, as well as access to all of the podcast episodes that we have released over the last five years. Let's jump into this episode. Gordon? We spoke at the Jones Cup practice round, like right after Augusta National announced that you're going to be getting the special exemption. And a few weeks after that, um, I was informed that I'm getting credentials for the Masters. So you're just a teenager from Birmingham, Alabama, 19 years old. I'm a 46-year-old with a barely functional language you know, issue. Just how ridiculous is it that we're both at the same Masters at the same time? I don't know who paid who for us to get here. But, okay. um, yeah, it must be. They must have decided that if they invite two, two dummies, then it cancels out or something. That's why we're here. I think there's a shortage of trying to find people to get in. So I'm really glad that we're both at the same one. Um, I spoke with Gator Todd, your assistant coach at Vanderbilt, about the U.S. Junior, CCNC. And he basically alluded to the fact that he hadn't seen you play in a while. And everyone was telling him, man, Gordon's really hitting it far. He's like, yeah, sure, sure. And then he shows up, and here's this sound that he hasn't really heard out of a junior golfer in a long time. Do you remember when the distance issue with you, the, the fact that you hit it so far, do you remember when that kind of changed in your game and people started talking about it and even you started noticing it? Yeah, well, I, I guess Gator hadn't watched me play for since like over COVID and stuff. So that's kind of when it, I really kind of like gained a lot of distance was kind of into my junior year, starting my senior year of high school. So um, yeah, and then it kind of started to be an advantage and I knew like kind of started to see some results, especially with hitting it further and getting a lot more scoring clubs in your hand. So, yeah, I mean, playing high school golf, all the golf courses are kind of on the shorter end. But then um, once you kind of got to summer golf and seeing the advantages pay off, and then obviously in the U.S. Junior, there were kind of some holes where you could really just start hitting some drivers and kind of especially in match play, um, take advantage of some holes. So, yeah, that was the first time he had seen me play in a while. And <laughs> he gave me a couple hard um, – I remember on 18 and – I think it was stroke play 18 on Dogwood. It's like, I don't know how far the carry is over the water, but like I pulled driver and I see Limbaugh just like eyeing me down, like, what is this kid doing or whatever? And just that sent one over the water. Um, so yeah, it was the first time playing in front of them in a while. So um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's where the story comes from. I, Limbaugh made some comment. I think this was at the hate. 
And I think he was talking about, I can't remember what hole it was, but he kind of said, yeah, he has another gear he goes into. Like there's another gear you go to when you really want to send something. How often are you really going there? Because it doesn't look like you go through another gear. But yeah, I mean, probably not too often. If there's a hole that like really fits my eye, then maybe a little bit. Okay. Um, like, I'm just trying to think of a few holes. Like hole number three at Ocean Forest in the Jones Cup. Like it's perfect. Sets up perfectly for a cut. So like maybe I can just go after one a little bit. But not like, I don't really feel like I need to go to another gear. There are some times where, like I said, I might want to if it's a wide fairway i can go to there but it's not really necessary um but yeah like sometimes if i'm a little a little mad after a bogey or something and limbo's in my ear i might just go ahead and send one (laughs) but um yeah at the 18th hole in national championships i remember limbo kind of mentioned hitting three wood and i was like limbo like no chance and then in the playoff he mentioned it again i was like coach like i'm not here to just make my four here you know what i mean so that might be where the another gear comes in Gotcha. Well, we've we've made a, a big deal about the length, but um, and I know you're going to benefit greatly from it at Augusta National. But there's so many other aspects of that golf course. You've played practice rounds there already. Um, you know, driving it long is one piece of the puzzle. What are some of the things that you're actually going to kind of work on over the next three four days that you feel you have to kind of get your arms around? I think understanding where to miss the ball if you get out of position, because like you're gonna like everyone's going to make bogeys out there. So um, understanding kind of where you're you need to miss it and trying to save those parts, but like bogey doesn't really kill you. And also just like staying disciplined to some targets. Like there's a couple of pins that like you might have a sandwich in, but you have to hit it to 25 feet, like hole one for, if it's front left, like even if you're in the fairway, you, you just can't hit it at that pin. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's where like you just kind of shoot yourself in the foot with a bogey a little bit and, and bring it double into play. So um, that's probably something I'm going to work on the most. And then a little bit of speed putting too, just cause you're going to have to fold and hit 40 feet a decent amount too. So probably just kind of work on that the next couple of days. We, um, we talked together, or we walked together at the USAM at Ridgewood and uh, you made a comment that I thought was really interesting that there are ways that you can make golf courses a little bit harder than they really are during practice rounds. And I'm guessing what you were kind of alluding to there is you hit multiple shots off the tee, you hit multiple chips, multiple putts. You're trying to look for the problem areas. Yeah. And then you walk off a hole and, you know, if you're not careful, really right, all you're remembering is all the places you can't hit it. Yeah. How do you not let that happen at Augusta National during your practice sessions? Yeah, I definitely think, like, it's easy at, like, the USAM or, like, those top kind of events to, like, overthink it a little bit. Like, I remember we started on – like at nine and 10 at Ridgewood and it's like, yeah, it's a 520 yard hole, but it's like, and it's fairways tight, but like, you're only going to hit one tee shot in the tournament, like on that hole, you know what I mean? So it's just like kind of taking a little bit more perspective and I mean, five doesn't necessarily kill you. And like, if you also think of it, if that hole is a par five, you expect to make a birdie. So it's like, you're expecting to make a four anyway. So just kind of go up and then hit it. And that's, and understanding where like the holes that you're going to make, you're going to have birdie looks are like par fives out here, kind of where you have to take advantage. Um, so not necessarily like psyching yourself out a little bit that you can't birdie the hole, but also just understanding that like just go play like it's another golf hole. You right. know what I mean? So um, yeah, I think Rid- like it's easy to think like Ridgewood like oh if you hit in the rough like you're making bogey. It's like well, and like in the tournament like you're gonna hit some in the rough, but also like you're just gonna go play another round of golf. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of not overthinking it and trying to. There's no reason to kind of cross off those spots that like you're just not gonna hit it in. Like, um, it's easy to write an X in the book because you know you're not supposed to hit it there. So, like, if you go practice it, then you're just going to make the course think it's harder than it really is. You're reinforcing what you're telling yourself not to yeah. do. Yeah. 
from the outside looking at, I mean, I've been around you at tons of college golf tournaments. Uh, not not much has changed, I'm guessing, with the inner workings of the Vanderbilt men's golf program. I think you have a huge advantage over maybe some other amateurs where your team already gets a whole lot of attention. You're the number one ranked team in the country. Maybe a little, a little more media requests, more, more cameras at a college tournament. But how does Limbaugh and Coach Todd and all the other guys on the team, how have they kind of kept you just – within some sense of normalcy the last two, three months? Um, Besides picking on yeah. you a lot, I'm sure. It definitely. I mean, uh, yeah, picking on me a little bit. We've kind of got our three freshmen this year to do that too. Yeah, um, that's true. But, yeah, just like still holding each other accountable. Like it was easy Like when the invitation came, we still had four college events, and it's like easy to kind of let your mind go to the Masters already. But just kind of holding me accountable, like I said, to those four college events and still putting in the maximum effort because um, obviously our – kind of goal this this spring is to obviously win every single event but when it comes to championship season we're going to want to have played a strong spring so um keeping it kind of locked in on that uh, and then like after the linger longer obviously it was kind of master's time so they let me kind of do my thing a little bit but also like I'm, we're still doing team practice and all that stuff and everyone's competing and stuff so it's kind of just keeping yourself grounded um has been really important how, how much fun is it to have wells williams on this team right now because i'm spending limited time around him He's got to be a target just for everyone. Wales, his country accent uh, is definitely. <laughs> he just dipped into it right yeah, there. I, I had to just. Um, Wales? He has no shortage of being given a hard time, to say the least. Right. Um, and some of that he brings upon himself a little bit. Sure. But uh, no, he's been great. He's We love traveling with him because it's like it makes us seem like we're really good and know what we're doing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if the team van's leaving at 7.40, you might want to tell him it's leaving at 7.15 for him to make it there. Um, gotcha. But no, it's he, he's a character, and having him and Coach Todd out there is having them lead the packs what we, what we need to to kind of keep us rolling. Yeah, his uh, the pictures of, of Coach Todd and Wells uh, eerily mirror the exact same pictures of you and Coach Todd last year. It, yeah. it looks identical. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I hope I wasn't quite Wells-level freshman year, but... No, there's a little deer in the headlights, right. but it's fine. It's, okay. Okay. You're good. Um, every other amateur in the field um, is here. They knew if they won something or if they, you know, obviously Ben Carr being a runner-up at USM, but the moment that they, they won the LAC or they won the Asia Pacific, they immediately knew, okay, I'm going to be at the Masters. I'm going to be at the US Open. Not for you. You have a special exemption, and you've only known about it for, I guess we're looking at about three months exactly. Does the issue or the weight of a special exemption weigh on you at all anymore, or is it just that's how I got here and you're leaving that at the door? I mean, not really. I don't think it like weighs on you just because like it kind of means more knowing that like they want you to be here, like they decided to choose you. Um, so it gives you a little bit of confidence, like like maybe there might be a little bit in the back of your head of like why me, like but also like like I said, kind of like if they're choosing you, then that means you've kind of done something in the golf world a little bit. And that, so that's kind of where you find confidence, but also like everyone's like starting at zero this week. Um, so I think it'll be like a good test to just kind of see where your game lines up with everyone. Um, and yeah, like once during Saturday, like if you're playing on Saturday and Sunday, whatever, it's not like people are just going to look at you and being like, Oh, he got a special exemption. It's like, it'll just be pretty cool to kind of be in that situation. Well, we've uh, we've talked about you enough. Let's talk about some other people that are here this week. Uh, Mom and Dad, I, I see them follow you at college tournaments, uh, amateur tournaments. Dad looks relatively calm on the outside for the most part. Mom, not not so much. But um, 
Now, will you be kind of scanning the galleries? Because I know that's kind of not your style. You're pretty locked in when you're playing and you don't really acknowledge people. Um, but how have the parents been doing so far in their, in their first Masters? Well, they've only been here for about six hours. Okay. Um, so they haven't been out to the course. But mom's been on top of things. She's I put her in charge of my clothes. I, so. I, I'm gathering she is the, the the de facto fashion consultant this week. That's true, yeah. And okay. I'm just like, just tell me what to wear and I'll wear it. Okay. Um, so that's been good. She's got all the groceries and stuff, so she's been on top of things. Dad's been a little bit all over the place so okay. far, gotcha. um, dealing with everything. But no, they've been good, so... I haven't seen a a private chef here yet. I, I think I understand that there's. It, did a skillet and pancake mix make the trip from? Birmingham? I hope so. Okay, because that that would just you really well, you, got, you got out of the pancakes okay. in the morning. That would ruin the whole week, wouldn't it? Okay. You'll have to come over for pancakes one morning. All right, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I got to get footage of that. Um, we are we're just coming up on on the masters, and I know that um, the narrative on you for the last two, three months about has been what's next. Not about this. It's about, well, if Gordon does this, he gets this many points and all the talk about PJ tour, you accelerated. This is your last month as a teenager. Have you been able to kind of wrap your arms around that and also enjoy the fact that you're a teenager playing in the masters and not think about the next three months, six months year. I was definitely grounded a little bit this morning when I was looking for player dining and a couple of people thought I was in the drive from putt. So I was like, please. All right, I'm stopping. Tell the story. I love this. This is the so best like, part. So I, I walk into, uh, well, it starts off yesterday. I'm trying to go in the pro shop to ask them how I can play tomorrow. And I'm like, look, I'm a player. Like, I have my caddies sure. right here. Today. Sure. The guy's like, no, you're going to have to have your badge. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So then I like, I'm like, can you just like get someone from the pro shop to come out here? And of course, they're coming out. They're like, oh, hey, Gordon, whatever. And the security guards over there are kind of like, whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, so I go in the locker room this morning. Like the guys remember me from like when I came a couple weeks ago, um, and I'm like, hey, like can you direct me to player dining? And the guy's like, yeah, like just walk out this way. So I'm walking out this way, like on the back patio, and he's like, two security guards like see me kind of walking, and they're they're like, they're kind of like eyeing me down, whatever. And I'm like, like hey, can I go to player dining? And they're like, you got your badge on you? I'm like, yeah. And I like pulled out, and they're like, is that the player one? And they're like, kind of it down. I'm like they figure out it is. So they like direct me over to, I don't, they were just taking me somewhere and. I guess like when I walked in, whatever, like the people were like, or I sat down and I, the one of the waiters there, I he, he waited on me last time when I was there like a couple weeks ago, so he remembered me. But then I think um, they were like, "Where are the kid's parents? Like, did they just sit him by himself for the direction putt? Like all this stuff, whatever." And so like the the waiter was giving me a hard time about whatever, and I talked to him after that. He goes, "How'd the direction putt go?" Um, so that maybe that's why I need a little bit to get grounded. Um, but there, there probably were some kids over there bigger than me on the 13-year-olds. I, I would have loved to have you put one of those bright yellow shirts on and just get in line with the other kids and then just send one 340 and just that would be the best. Uh, I apparently drive and putt kid tries to crash the Masters this year. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Um, you have all these special things this week. You have the amateur dinner, um, Crow's Nest. We haven't talked about Crow's Nest. So... I know your roommate at Vanderbilt is Jackson Van Paris. Is there anyone on your team that you just could not be trapped in the crow's nest with that you just would just not you wouldn't be able to survive? Because it's very small quarters. So not necessarily. If it, if I was like like in college golf, if I'm room with someone, I cannot room with Wells Williams because like it's like he's late to everything, yeah. and it's like 
if we're leaving at 7.40, he'll get in the shower. Like, he'll go shower first at 7.20 and won't get out till like, 7.35. And you're like, well, like, well, it's like, I have to shower, too. Yeah. So, oh, the crow's nest only has one shower, so I probably, I probably couldn't room with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a lot. It's a close quarters from what I hear, and that's yeah. just that's just a lot. Like it's nothing like I just like can't like sleep with any like like it's not that factor. Just be like the timing factor and how slow Wells moves. Yeah, that'd be an issue for me. <laughs> this whole episode is just dissolved until let's pick on Wells Williams. Um, I'll have to get him so we can tell some stories about you. Um, I'll let you go with this one. The low fifty in ties make the cut at the Masters. If it is an odd number, then one person is going to be playing with a marker. So let's just assume for a fact that you're that guy and you're playing with a marker. If I give you the choice to pick anyone to be your marker in the third round on Saturday at the Masters, who would that be? Anyone? You know, yeah, anyone. Let me, who, what do you got? Let's get creative. Well, like, who, who you got? I'm trying to think of if, if I'd want to play with someone like ser- like serious and like, or I'd just be like out there just having a great. All right. Well, time. let me. I'll, I'll toss you. I'll toss you a little help. I ask this. I'm asking this question to all the amateurs. I asked Ben Carr, and he's wants to bring his brother. I said, "You want to bring your brother, who shot 86 when he was here with you the first time, in front of the entire gallery at the Masters? You want to do that to him?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's an athlete." I'm like, "Okay." So that's what Ben Carr said. Okay. So. Well, so Okay, here, here's here's. Hey, I'm bringing the thunder, man. It's okay, I'm week. vouching I, I, for. So, so we have at a lot of our college tournaments. Okay, we've talked about. So, Coach Limbaugh's son, Bird Dog, is seven, right? He oh. plays golf. So, we were trying to figure out. This started at Sea Island last year. What if he had to finish every hole? What he would shoot? And we were like, oh, he'd shoot like 500. Like he'd have to putt it over the bridge and stuff, whatever. So, I think this would be a great test for him. But it would take us like a. Eight hours. Yes, I, um, I, I would pay money to watch Bird Dog on the par three contest. If he he has made a hole in one on a par three before Riedel. He's made a hole in before Riedel. If Bird Dog was your caddy at the par three, no one would be watching you. They would be watching Bird Dog. They would <laughs> Bird watch. Dog. He, I mean, he'd hit every shot for me. Yeah, he'd just watch the show. Really would. Good luck this week. Have a good time. Thank we'll you. see you out there. Appreciate it. You got it. And there you have it. Special thanks to Gordon Sargent for joining me this week. Don't forget, check out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, thebackoftherange.com for all podcast episodes. Enjoy Masters Week, and we'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.